live your best life every day and don't listen to the news. The entire world's falling <laughs> apart. What do I do? Right? Yeah. Um, look, I completely can understand how somebody would feel if they're definitely <laughs> watching the news because I watch the news just to keep informed as well. But I try and keep yeah. it in perspective because a lot of the things that I'm seeing in the news, um, you know, aren't really kind of correlating to what's happening yeah. in the real estate market. Totally right. Agree. So. You know, an, an example of that is you might see on the news something like, oh, my God, unemployment is 51 million people have filed for unemployment. Right. And what they don't tell you is that statistic is actually a cumulative statistic, mm. you know, since the beginning of the pandemic. It's not necessarily the um, current number of people that are unemployed, if that makes sense. Right. Yep. So. If you actually look at the current amount of people that are filing for unemployment, not the cumulative amount, it's actually trending down. But if you look at anything from a cumulative standpoint, it's always going to trend up because it's taking the sum of everybody over a specific amount of time. Correct. Um, You know, so what are your thoughts on kind of, you know, let's talk about the, you know, the world's falling apart. Let's start with unemployment. What are your thoughts on that? I I do believe that... uh... We've pivoted in a direction in the way that we employ people. So is unemployment up in in some areas? Yes, I do think that the news over-exaggerates things dramatically. You know, you just got to drive around in the neighborhoods that you're in and you can kind of see everybody's kind of almost back to normal. Uh, It is a little bit of a tricky situation because we're in an election year. So both sides of the aisle are kind of trying to keep everybody happy and they're kind of pushing this unemployment thing down the road, which I believe by the end of the week, um, unemployment's going to be extended again. So it's, it's there, but is it real? I don't think it's real. Also very, very important when it comes to unemployment and buyers and sellers in real estate. There will always be people losing their jobs and people getting new jobs, people relocating and people um, getting divorced and people unfortunately uh, pass away. So there's always movement. And I call that the changing of the God. So that that will always happen. Is it really going to affect the marketplace? Probably to a certain degree. Do I think a lot? No, I really don't. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think as the pandemic hit, you saw unemployment at the middle of March, roughly was at, you know, roughly about mm. three, 3.3 million, right? As it came through April, that spiked up to about 18 million. Uh, the height of it was in middle of May, which was 24.9 million have, uh, you know, filed for unemployment. Uh, then it started trending down as the country started reopening down to 21 million, 19 million, 17 million. And now we're even seeing a trend down more to 16.2 mm-hmm. million people filing for unemployment. Correct. Right? Going back to work. Yeah. Well, let's let's you know, I'm going to I'm going to play the pessimist, too, because uh, sometimes I get accused of being too optimistic. Okay. Right. So the pessimistic side of me says, holy crap, that's still 16.2 million people that have filed unemployment, right? Even though it's down from 24.9 million, 
that number is still terrible. Absolutely. Terrible. I agree. Right? But the optimistic side is, yes, it is trending down. Okay? The other piece as it relates to real estate is, um, you know, 65%, I think we spoke about this on a previous podcast, if I'm not mistaken, 65% of unemployed people are under 25 years old. You know, they're working at restaurants, they're working at hotels, they're working at bars, things of that nature, Um, you know, and they're not from a real estate standpoint, they're not really buying or selling real estate at this point in their lives, right? Right. Maybe some of them are, but the, it's a, it's a small percentage. The other statistic that I thought is very, very interesting is if you look at the course of history and unemployment in history, there's really no direct correlation with unemployment and home buying and home selling. Totally. That's correct. If you go back through like the 70s and the 80s and and look at unemployment rising and falling, the correlation's just not there. There's only one time ever where it correlated, the number of unemployment correlated with the housing market decrease, which was, of course, the most recent one, the 07, 08, 09, 2010, 2011, to where you saw unemployment rise and the real estate market go down. Well, we've spoken about this on previous podcasts. That's because the economy was the what happened in the economy in those years was directly correlated and caused by the housing market. What we're in now is not caused by the housing market. It's caused by a global health pandemic. Yeah. So but if you look at that's the most recent one that's fresh in our minds, right? So, of course, you know, you always remember, you know, the last thing that was dramatic and had this dramatic impact on society and the economy and the country and the world. So that's the one that we always remember. But if you always go, if you go back further than that, uh, there is no data that supports that there's anything related to unemployment and the housing market. Absolutely correct. Yeah. What about, uh, you know, so the world's falling apart. What about forbearance? Let's talk about that for a second. All right, yeah. I actually had a, a, a long chat with some of my mentors yesterday about about this exact point and and we were doing a, um, a comparison between the last time that, that, that this happened in 2007 to 2012 compared to now so what are the difference pieces this is where it really comes down to the, the nitty-gritty right now people in forbearance or people that are 90 plus days late are sitting at about 7.8% of all mortgages in the country. It is just a little lower than what it was at the worst of 2008. But these are the caveats that you've got to understand. This will never be the same as the last time around. The first thing that you've got to take into consideration is that this was based on a problem that was made by our government and and how they reacted and caused a problem with us uh, as the citizens of the country. So they have to keep us happy. They've got to keep us in our homes. They've got to keep things going because of the way they reacted or overreacted or underreacted, no matter how you look at it. So 
instead of um, the, the process taking quickly to and start doing things online and going into foreclosure and all these kind of things, it's not going to happen. So a lot of what you see, even though it's a high number, um, a lot of that, a lot of that is going to actually work its way through a process, and there's going to be a lot of allowances given to those folks that that got affected by this, especially um, financially, and they 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 going to work with the government and their lenders, and they're going to work to get this through. That said. There's always going to be a process of people who go through and decide not they're going to maybe move to the next step. So as realtors, we have to now put the help hat on and you have to look at every single scenario when you're dealing with a seller and see where they are financially in the whole picture and see where this thing is going to land and, and kind of understand where things are going to start to unravel on a timeline into the future and then build a, a, a puzzle for them and kind of get an idea of the direction where things are going to see if now might be better now to sell than maybe later. Another thing you've got to look at, it is so important when looking at this whole, de whole delinquency rate and forbearances, jobs have changed. You know, we, we, I'm looking at some uh, folks that I know very, very well that have been in the same positions for 20 plus years, but that position has become functionally obsolete. So right now, we are re-gearing as a civilization. And the way that we did certain things are no more. And, and the way that we did our, what we, whatever we were qualified to do is going to change. And we're in that process right now. So that's another thing that is happening and that's kind of affecting that because those folks don't have jobs right now. And they probably won't have jobs because you look at how um, all the different industries around us are totally going online. You look at all the big companies out there, most of them are already sitting at 50 plus percent um, of their staff that won't come back to work again. They'll work from home. So everything's in the, in the process of change. That's what I see for the future. Yeah, I mean, as far as forbearances are concerned, um, uh, I, I pulled some data on this and I was looking at it because I think the data, the data tells a little bit of a story, right? So in the height of the forbearance, which was at the end of May, you had 467 uh, million people that had taken care of or, um, or or taken advantage of forbearance, right? And a lot of those people had different reasons, right? So it could have been they were in financial hardship. It could have been maybe they weren't in financial hardship, but they were taking advantage of the op option of forbearance because they didn't know what was going to happen or where things were mm -hmm. going. So kind of almost that... Uh, you know, planning for the worst and hoping for the best situation uh, and so so on and so forth. But since then, the trend of forbearance has actually gone down. Absolutely. <clears throat> so it went from 4.76 million to uh, within like the last, you know, 45 days, 4.12 million. So you've got 
you know, well over half a million to a million people that are figuring out, um, you know, their situation, they're uh, either, you know, taking care of their forbearance through a refinance or a loan modification, or potentially, you know, some of them maybe have sold their homes, but whatever the case may be, they've, they've kind of got a little bit more Mm. stability now and they're taking care of their forbearance and that number is actually trending down right now. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry that, that if you take that amount and you take the timeline that it took to do that, that is phenomenal because that's close to 13% drop. And if we keep doing that at the rate that we're going, that forbearance call it scenario will be gone before you even know it. Yeah. Uh, as far as, uh, you know, distressed properties come on the, on the market, foreclosures, things of that nature. I mean, personally, I feel like, yes, obviously there's going to probably be an uptick in that at some point uh, when a lot of these programs end. Uh, but the reality is, you know, there were foreclosures and distressed properties before the pandemic hit. Totally agree, and it and it will carry on. It always it always does. It varies between two and five percent in a in, in a normal market without any changes taking place, like COVID nineteen or, or the recession that we had in the past. And the only difference that I'm going to I'm seeing, and I'm, when I'm talking to the professionals that are behind the lending scenes, they are not going to have these huge amounts of inventory coming onto market. Now, one of the, yes. one of the things that came up yesterday when we were chatting is that the banks in the last recession played a very, very clever game. And I'm going to use the example. There's a property for sale or there's a property that is in trouble and it's going through foreclosure, but there's no equity in it. So what does the bank do? Does the bank want to foreclose on that property or just kind of kick it down the road? Guess what they were doing? They were kicking it down the road. Of course. And then the ones with a little bit of equity, they were foreclosing on. So right. I don't. Because the, ba- the bank's in the business money. to make money. Absolutely. Be brutally honest here. Totally. This is money business. And I think they're going to do the same thing again. If they see equity in your property and you slightly in forbearance, I think they are going to push you harder than the person who has no equity. Yeah, I, I would agree. Totally, totally agree. Um, you know, the one thing I probably want to say to people that may be in a situation that are listening to where, um, you know, they might be uh, in forbearance or potentially looking at maybe a foreclosure down the road, or maybe they've lost their job or whatever their situation is, right? Just know in most cases, 90% of all mortgages out there have equity built into them, at least 10% equity. So you have options, you know, you can refinance, you can do a loan modification, you know, you could potentially Mm -hmm. extend your forbearance, you know, you can sell the house, you guys, you have options, Lots, Um, you know, so before you let the bank come in and and potentially foreclose on you and, and take your house so that they can make money, please, 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 I implore you to talk to your real estate agent, give us a call talk to somebody, talk to the bank, and don't let that happen. Absolutely Um, agree. You know, we're here to help and answer any questions you have. You can reach out to us at any point in time. Uh, That's what this is all about. Yeah. Matt, there are so many options uh, as as an owner today that you can go through and process. And as as long as uh, 
the person that you're talking to is giving you the complete picture because it's not just the the, the home it's also them personally and and where they are job wise now and what are they going to be say job wise in 12 months and and when you present that whole picture and see the directive they can make some very very good decisions yeah uh Okay, anything else on the economy or the question of uh, the entire world is falling apart? What do I do? Uh, I think live your best life every day and don't listen to the news. Either side of the aisle, do not listen to the news. Focus on you and what the best you can do for yourself is today. Yes, okay. Uh, let's talk about some statistics. Uh, I always like to share our statistics with our listeners because I think this is, you know, the, the statistics are the meat and potatoes that oh, kind yeah. of share the, share the story, right? So new listings in Palm Beach County are down 5% year over year and in Broward County are down 10% year over year. Yep. This is the killer, huh? Yep. So then you go to pendings. So pendings in Broward County are up 28% year over year. And then pendings, uh, pendings, got, by the way, mean houses that have gone under contract. Uh, pendings in Palm Beach County are down, for, or I'm sorry, up 14% year over year. So Broward County up 28%, pendings in Palm Beach County up 14%. Which Makes then sense. leads us to our months of inventory and supply. So last time we spoke, um, we've gone down since then. So month's supply of inventory in Broward County is now down to 3.2 months. Oh, yep. and taking into consideration that we, what we classify as a fair market or normal market is six months of inventory. Yeah. So, and then Palm Beach County is down to 3.6 months of inventory. So Broward County is down 31% over year for months of inventory. And then uh, Palm Beach County is down 26% year over year, right? So for single family houses, the mathematical equation is pretty simple, right? So, and I'm just going to use Broward County for an example. So if you have new listings coming on the market that are down 9.4%, Add that to pending transactions, which are up 28%, and that's going to equal a very, very low inventory of 3.2 months of, yep. of inventory, which is um, obviously simple supply and demand, right? Absolutely. This is, the, and I felt that last night. You know, I, I had a, a property come up, for, and I listed it last night, and I wanted to get it going as quick as I could, and I never had an opportunity to put my photography out there. And within an hour in Western, that property had three showings. Within yeah. two hours, I had an offer. And we were pretty close to asking. And I was thinking about it and I thought, creeps, what's going on? And then when I looked at what was really going on is, is that there's just nothing available in, in that price class. And this is uh, like between five and 600000 for a five-bedroom home um, on a zero lot line, nothing super fancy, but there was a total of six houses in the whole of Western. And you're talking about a, a population of about 90,000 people. And there were six properties that you could pick and choose from between zero and $600,000. 
quite wow. scary. Yeah. Yep. Um, so the next statistic that I want to share, which we share every time we do state of the market, is showing time. Uh, so showing time uh, is now since the week of May 5th. Um, May 5th has increased uh, year over year for 10 consecutive weeks. Wow. So it's increasing, even though the world is thinking that South Florida is, is going to disappear and die because of COVID, everything is changing and, and going in the opposite way. So, so there's a perfect example of what you hear on the news and what is really happening when the boots are on the ground. Yeah. So year over year, that's increased uh, for consecutive weeks. It's leveled off. Like if you look at the week to week and the month to month mm -hmm. data from, uh, you know, June and July, it's kind of leveled off, but it's way up over last year. Yeah. Makes total sense. Total and, sense. And then uh, the last statistic that I'll share just to kind of, you know, sum it up with the housing market is mortgage, mortgage applications. So I know Michael had come by the office a couple of days ago and dropped off some stuff for us and talked about, you know, the amount of refis and mortgages and everything going on there. So I pulled some data on that, too. And uh, we're also seeing 10 straight weeks of year over year increases in mortgage applications. Yep, it is out of control. And and if you're an owner of property right now. I would absolutely suggest if you want to stay in your home and, and you have a four plus percent mortgage, refi this now, guys. If you're there for the next five to 10 years, do it. This is an opportunity second to none. Yeah. Um, and then I uh, did some research on, uh, you know, realtor.com and, and some of the other websites for specific real estate data. So I, I found a really interesting um survey that they had done, um, which was, you know, how has the shelter in place and pandemic impacted your savings? <laughs> so it's very interesting. So 12% said, uh, I'm spending less, but my income has dropped. So 12%, I'm spending less, but my income has dropped. 25% said, I'm earning the same, but I'm spending more. Wow. Yep. And then 63% said, I'm saving more money now than before. That makes more sense. My so spending two, habits have changed. Yeah. Two out of three people said, I'm, I'm saving more. Um, you know, like to me, that makes sense. You're not going to the mall probably as much. You're not mm -hmm. going shopping as much. You're not, um, you know, you're not doing and going out as much as, or maybe even taking vacations as much as maybe you were, yep. you know, last year. Yep. Um, so very, so just interesting statistics. Well, I've got to share that with you. Uh, this is going to come out very, very soon. Um, people are going to start hearing about it. Uh, uh, we, we as as, as citizens um, on our tax um, that we send to the IRS are going to have a new line, and they're going to give us a ten percent um, discount or, or, or write-off line for vacation. So you, you can now take a vacation and it's going to be written off as, and you're not going to be penalized for it. This wow. is coming very, very soon. 
And, and guess what the rule is? You got to just be 50 miles from your house. So you can go up the road, go on vacation, and it's going to be a tax write-off. So this is, these are things that are happening around us. Wow. That's, uh, that's crazy. Crazy, crazy. But it's, it's a sign of the times. Um, so I guess we'll kind of sum it up and wrap it up. Uh, with kind of, you know, what are your thoughts on the next month, two, three, six months, year? Um, you know, what are you, what's kind of, has anything really changed with your forecast of what you kind forecast of think the timing? market's going to do? No, um, I, I, I still uh, am pr- pretty confident that if we stick to where we're going, that we're still going to have this type of market for the next couple of months. Yeah. But be assured as we, we, we clear the elections and we get, get into the new year and everybody settles down and the dust starts to settle as well, that um, the, the, um, the money that is kind of unrealistic disappears and everything is back to normal, new normal, if I can call it that, you will start to see the downturn. The downturn has already started dramatically in, in my luxury marketplace already, we've already mm-hmm. seen huge drops. And those guys are the forerunners in, in our market. They are ahead of everybody else. They see things in a different light in most cases. And they've, they've already reacted to the future. Hmm. Yeah, I think uh, my timeline you know, is probably in alignment with what we've spoken about on Mm. previous podcasts, which is, you know, I think we've got a good solid two, maybe three months at most to really, um, especially if you're a seller, absolutely really get on the market and get top dollar and maximize your money, period. Mm. Right. Yeah. Then I think there's some things that are currently up in the air right now and are definitely going to be up in the air uh, towards election time. Uh, you know, so for me, you know, I think the eviction moratorium that's ended, yep. um, you know, over the weekend, if that does not get extended, uh, we don't know what's going to happen with that yet. It looks yeah. like it's going to be extended. But if it's not, uh, then we could see kind of a potential slew of inventory coming onto the market. Totally agree. <laughs> also, guys, it's very important. We, we're talking about a macro picture. As a seller, you need to look at your micro picture, your specific subdivision, yeah. and need, you talk to your, your representative and look at the timeline and look at the trend, the trend graphic, what's happened over the last year or two or three years. Because I've noticed, especially in the, the price point between, say, 900 and 2 million, a lot of the, those subdivisions had this dramatic increase starting in May in June. And they went up probably 10%, which is a huge jump. But now the sellers are still thinking that that they can get that 10% increase. And the ones that didn't sell in that period are still on the market today. So be very aware, be very micro based on your your thinking. Yep, absolutely. Uh, we talked about it, that real estate is very local in nature. You have to really dig into not just your city or your town, but like Dave said, literally into your subdivision. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I think some other things that are still kind of up in the air, the unemployment, 
um, benefits through the federal government ended, I think, on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so with that still up in the air, they're trying to figure out if they're going to extend it. If so, how much? Ultimately, that falls in line with spending. Um, I think, you know, the school systems and the and the counties and specific schools, whether public or private, trying to figure out the school year. Um, like I know from my spe- specific area where I live, it got delayed three weeks. Yep. Um, and they're doing virtual now only. Yep. Um, you know, so that's still kind of up in the air in some areas with some schools. Um, you know, and and ultimately the election's coming up, right? So as the election gets closer, you know, a lot of things could change depends on depending on, you know, what happens with the election, both within the Senate, within Congress, with the president. Um, so I think there's still some things that are up in the air that are coming and coming quick within the next couple months, um, you know, that we could potentially see a turn sooner rather than later. Um, you know, and then ultimately, I think, you know, as all of the federal benefits do come to an end whenever that's going to be um you know i think that's when we're really going to see the turn absolutely yeah and also uh, always down here this this time of the year as as a property owner be very cognizant of the hurricane season and keep an eye on stuff because that that ultimately believe it or not even when we don't have something really hit us it does slow things down Uh, we it makes closing of a property difficult so these are just little things or nuances that we have in south florida that do affect us and be aware of it yep i think uh you know from a seller standpoint uh i would say you if if you're thinking about selling within the next year two three years like you Mm. You really probably should do it like within the next sixty days. I totally agree. You better think that 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 plan out very very carefully because what you see today, I can promise you, is not going to be the same in a year. Never mind two years. Yep. From a buyer standpoint, um, you know, I think it, every situation is going to be different, right? So you really have to talk to your, um, you know, financial advisor, your real estate agent on you know what is going to be most beneficial for you Mm -hmm. i still believe that if you are in a situation for long term you know it's going to be more than two years that you're going to live there um then at this point because the rental market is so hot and interest rates are so low it's cheaper to actually buy than it is to rent the same house Totally agree. Uh, you're probably looking in, in the vicinity of around about five to eight percent difference, almost ten percent in some areas. It's like I can rent my house for three thousand a month, or I can live in and buy my house with a twenty percent down for twenty five hundred. Yeah, it is upside down. So I think if you're going to be there for over two years, you're still safe to buy. If it's long term, you know, history has shown that real estate has always trended up. Yes, it has its dips here and there. Uh, but if you're long term, I think you're still better off buying than you are renting. No doubt. Um, if you're short term, uh, i.e., you know, I got transferred in by my company to work for a year, then I'm out. Uh, or, hey, I need a place to stay for a year or two, then I'm out. Uh, you know, if you're, you know, if you're in a short term situation, then I would probably 
maybe hold off on buying right now. Absolutely agree with you, Matt. You but need to do that. Again, every single situation is different. Everybody's scenario is different. So, you know, make sure you talk it over and, and really find out kind of what the best thing for you is. Yeah. All right, Dave, any other words of wisdom or anything else you want to share for the week? Nope, I think that's it. Have a wonderful week and live your best life today. Yep, I just wanted to, again, thank everybody for listening. Thanks for joining us. Um, We know, again, you have tons of options out there for where you get your information uh, and how you get your information. So, you know, please, again, if you like what we're doing, share it with your friends, share it with your family. Leave us some feedback, leave us a review, subscribe to the podcast, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Sounds good. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. Thanks, Dave. Have a great week, everybody. Hey, guys. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the South Florida Real Estate Radio Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you got some great information out of it. Please leave us a rating. Please leave us a review. Please leave us some feedback. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. What are your big questions around real estate? Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Bye.